Good evening and welcome to Matters of Life. I'm your host, John Lucier. And this week, we are going to be discussing time. Because we're in an interesting time and an interesting season. Right? For many of us, we are preparing for the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday. And together with friends and family and our loved ones. And share a meal. Fellowship with them. Discuss what's happening in our lives, in the nation. Maybe watch some some sports for many, if that's your tradition. But there's a there's a lot that comes with that. Because time, as we're preparing for the travel and for all the things that are required, the shopping, the, and by shopping I mean going and getting food and, and trying to calculate budgets and, and all the things that come along with that, with everything that has been happening, not just in this nation, but in the world. There's an, an element and aspect that we have, as we have grown older, we see and sense the value and the importance of time and how fast and fleeting time is. And, and time isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's designed by the Lord, and it's for our benefit. It is there, if you will, as a measure to keep us on track. And moving in pace with the Lord. We can use that to our advantage. All right. Now, the Lord was adamantly aware of the time throughout his earthly ministry. There are many times where he, Jesus, would make a comment or a statement to the effect of that a time was coming and now is the time that true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such as these to worship him. And others where he says, truly, truly, I tell you, the hour is coming. And now has come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. And those who hear will live. And then there are other times, like in John 16, where he says that they, people, will put you out of the synagogues. And in fact, the time is coming and anyone who kills you will think he is offering a service to God, a service to God, excuse me. And, and if we really look at, at those words and the depth of those words, there is another element and aspect that we must be absolutely aware of. And that is to properly understand the times. What time and what season is it in? Are we in? And then what is required of us? And Jesus, well, through the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5, tells us to be careful how we walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time. Other versions would say, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. And then we're instructed to not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. 
Now, in the previous episode, we discussed what the Lord is doing, which is bringing about our deliverance. It's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves. Because if we could, we would have already voted that in. We would have done what we knew would be required in order to have freedom, a freedom unimaginable. But only the Lord can provide that freedom to each and every one of us. We, for our part, must be careful how we walk. We must be in alignment with him. Jesus was adamant. That was his delight, his desire, his driving force was to do the will of his Father, the will of the Lord. And I'll tell you that in the Lord's perfect will is his perfect timing. We just talked about all the, the times where Jesus, well, not all of them, but a few examples of times where Jesus said, the time is coming and now is the time. Or even to his own, I'll say, birth mother in the natural earth, Mary, in the wedding in Cana. He said, woman, it's not my time yet. Right? We must be aware of the time. It absolutely matters. And, and I want us to look at a, a couple other verses. When in Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 5, David is at war with the Philistines. But, well, there's this interesting thing that happens in there. And it's something that we are required to do because in order to remain, to align ourselves with the Lord, we must remove the things in our lives that do not reflect Him. Right? It's exactly what we were talking about in Ephesians 5. Be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. We're to be aware of the time, but we're to be aware of things that matter to the Lord. So David sought the Lord in 2 Samuel 5. And he knew where the enemy was. He knew what they were doing. But it says in verse 19 that David inquired of the Lord, essentially asking what he was going to do. <clears throat> and the Lord said, go up and I'll give them, <clears throat> excuse me, the Philistines in your hand. So David came to Baal, Perazim, and defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like the breakthrough of waters. And therefore he named that place Baal Perazim. And then, then the very next verse is key. It says, so they abandoned their idols there. And David and his men carried away, carried them away. And if you look at other verses, like in Kings, it talks about how they burnt those idols. But there's a, an interesting thing prior to that, which is talked about in Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 12. And it talks about all these men that came up to make David king while he was at Hebron. And it talks about the numbers of all these men. But it first starts in verse 23, saying, These were the numbers of the divisions equipped for war. 
who came to David at Hebron. And in there, is a, there's one interesting line in verse 32. It says, I mean, there are many interesting lines, but in verse 32, it says, of the sons of Issachar, men who understood the times with knowledge of what Israel should do. And it says, their chiefs were 200 and all their kinsmen were at their command. See, we are to be aware of the times. And it's also something that Jesus said about, well, to the Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes. He said, how, can, how is it that you know, you can look at the, at the sky and know what it will do? Talking about the times and the signs of the times. But he said that they did not know the spiritual thing, things, the spiritual signs of the times. It shows exactly what was matter, what the Lord has for us and, and how much it matters. There is a time for everything, absolutely. A, a point of time for everything, for everything under heaven. All right, we're told about that in Ecclesiastes. But what in the verses I read concerning King David and his men, those that came to him to support what he was doing. They, especially those sons of Issachar, were aware of the times and what was required. In the previous episode, we talked about we could not bring about our deliverance. Only the Lord can. And he's not done with that yet. The enemy is doing what the enemy does. And, I'm, and by the enemy, I mean those that are in opposition to the Lord. Opposition to his will being carried out. But there is a time, and now is the time, that we need to arise as, as the army of God. And it says that in those scriptures about King David and his men, that they put together this army like the army of God. And we are to do the same thing. And how do we do that? In Ephesians 4, verse 23, it says that in you, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. And then in verse 5, it says, therefore be, or sorry, in chapter 5, verse 1, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God, a fragrant aroma. But then, just like with David, his men, and the idols after they had defeated the enemy, he says, but immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. There must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving thanks. Giving thanks. And, and, and I found this so fitting as the Lord was walking me through this because we are preparing for Thanksgiving. And yes, there are things that, that are happening in the nation and on the earth that, well, we, it only exposes the wickedness. 
and the darkness of the age. And, and I'll say that with time, even with time, understanding the time that we're in, many will tell you and absolutely believe we are in the end times, in the last days. Well, then we need to be a people prepared for the return of the Lord. We need to rise up, or as it says in Ephesians 5, 14, for this reason it says, Awake, sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. And then it goes into the verses that we read about being careful how we walk, making the most of our time, or redeeming the time. How do we redeem time? Or how do we make the most of our time? That pattern example is set forth in Christ. He sought the Lord about everything he did. He sought the Father to say what he said to say and to do what he saw his Father, his Heavenly Father do. And that was revealed by the Holy Spirit. As the only way we can redeem the time that we can make up for time lost, which is something that, that matters in our lives. If we are not redeeming the time, primarily it's because we think we have more of it, but that time, or the fact when that time is, has passed, that individual goes home to be with the Lord, or, or that relationship is, is ended, that is typically when regret sets in. Regret that, man, how many times have we heard in our lives someone express, and if I had known that was the last time I would have spoken that I spoke with that person, I would have told them I loved them. I would have told them how much they mattered, how much I appreciated them, how they blessed my life. Why wait? It's when we don't do the things that we know to do are right and righteous that we are prompted by the Lord in doing that it leads to regret. Christ went through this earth, his time on this earth, with no regrets because he said everything the Father said to say. And he did everything the Father led him to do through his Holy Spirit. He was so in tune and that's exactly how we should live out our lives. But in so doing, right? Because it continues in verse, I'll say 17. It says, so then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord, Jesus Christ, to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ, in reverence to the Lord. That's what the fear of Christ is. Revering him because he is holy, he is righteous, he is God, and we are his people. If we are his people, if he is truly our God, then we should serve him. 
it should be noticeable, distinguishable in our lives to all who observe us. That's why Paul says, you are our epistle. When they were requesting letters to be written and to justify his place, his position, he says, you are our letters. You, each and every one that has heard the gospel that is living in the manner that we have instructed you, that we received from Christ. You are living it out. You are living epistles for all the world to see that are being read by all. So I just want to encourage you with that today. The Lord is not done. The Lord knows the spiritual timing of things. It's His perfect timing is in His perfect will. Let's not lose hope. Let's not grow weary in doing good and in waiting on the Lord. And the waiting is not just waiting, it's not just sitting and keeping things in prayer. Yes, by all means, pray is vitally important. It is vitally important to pray. We're, we're told that repeatedly in the very next chapter, Ephesians 6, why we have the entire armor of God was to pray, which is how we communicate with the Lord, but also how we fight, how we fight the enemy. And I find it interesting how it says that all these people knew the times, but they were preparing for war. They were, they were men of warfare. And they all knew the times and what was required, what the nation should do. And they prepared and defended and protected as the Lord led them. And in what we were just reading, walk as the Lord, be imitators of Christ. But they didn't just allow the enemy to run roughshod over them. Christ constantly confronted the enemy, drove out, cast out demons. And principalities, powers of darkness, that were operating where he was at. How many times in scripture does it say, and he healed them all. And he delivered them and he cast out demons. He took territory for the kingdom, which is what we are called to do. And in the very next chapter, in Ephesians 6, we're told about the armor and the weapons that we have been given already by the Lord. And there's a job to do. We aren't the ones that, I'll say, are the final end-all, be-all. That's the Lord. But He prepares us to do battle. So let's, when we look, let's not just wait on the Lord. That waiting is about eagerly anticipating, watching, awaiting for the manifestation. Eagerly expecting to see the thing that the Lord is doing. Not just by our natural eyes and our natural ears, but with our spiritual eyes and ears. We must understand the difference in what the Lord is doing. As just as we're speaking, we're reminded of Elijah in the cave. There's a, there's a difference in how he conducted his life and how we need to conduct our lives. While he was in the cave, yes, hiding, he ran away. 
But he knew the Lord. He had cultivated that relationship and his walk with the Lord in such a way where even when the wind came and the wind broke off the rocks and did all this, created all this damage, he knew that the Lord wasn't in that. And even when fire came and, and all these things came, he, he could see and acknowledge them. But then he heard this still, small voice and he knew the Lord was there. We need to have our relationship with the Lord just in such a manner where it doesn't always have to be this huge, powerful thing. And I say that knowing the Lord does huge and amazing, miraculous things for all the world to see. You see that throughout Scripture. But I mean so in tune with the Lord that even at the smallest movement, we know it's time to, to move and what we're required to do. If we look throughout Scripture, all the great men of faith that you read about in Hebrews 11 had a similar relationship with the Lord. They lived this, what we read about in Isaiah 58 which is what Jesus lived, a fasted life. It's not just about withholding food or in order to buffet the flesh, but it's about living out a life where our flesh is so buffeted that we can clearly and accurately hear the voice of the Lord and are quick to do it. And we see what happens with that, the fruit the fruit that is born as a result of living that type of life before the Lord. That is a people prepared. That is how Christ lived. And if you look at Isaiah 58, starting in verse 6, pretty much to the end of the chapter, and then you look at Isaiah 61, the entirety of the chapter, which is where Christ read in the synagogue, the first couple of verses defining his earthly ministry you will find that what is accomplished is identical. But it requires us to be in tune with the Lord, with his perfect will and his perfect timing. And then, when we're walking in that, will we see the breakthrough, the deliverance of the Lord, but his power moving in and through us as shining lights, as salt and light in the earth that can't be hidden, that must be acknowledged, not us, the Lord, and giving the glory, the thanks, the honor, the praise, and magnifying his name. It all belongs to him. He's the one that did it. I just want to encourage you this Thanksgiving and today and every day to live a life of thanksgiving to the Lord for what he's done, what he's continuing to do in your life and the lives of, the, of your family and homes and those around you. And I would encourage you to live that type of life, that fasted lifestyle that's so in tune with the Lord, that is structured in such a way where nothing in our flesh gets in the way or prevents us from immediately, clearly, 
and accurately hearing the Lord when he moves. And always giving thanks, even before we see the manifestation. That is such a key component. Because it demonstrates that we are not people that are doubting or are double-minded. Going back to last week's discussion. But that we know we have the things that we've asked for. Because we're asking them in the will of the Lord, and because he said it, we know we've received it, even before we actually see it. That is a demonstration of faith, or our faith in action, and giving thanks to the Lord, knowing we already have it. So I just want to encourage you today with that. I encourage you to continue to go forward with the Lord while we stand and see his salvation in our lives, in this nation, in our homes, and in, in the relationships of those that he has put in our path, our family, our neighbor, everyone that he has given us a relationship with and influence, the ability to speak into their lives. And maybe it's not just by words, but by actions, by doing and demonstrating the Lord as, an, as a pattern example, as a written and living epistle so that they can read it and run. Amen. Well, thank you for tuning in to Matters of Life. I just want to bless you all and say happy Thanksgiving to everyone. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.